0: Hello lovely people, it's time for comics and bars, throwing axes you dirty axe lovers. Thanks for taking the time to listen. I am so excited for today's episode. My guest today is Christy Buckley. I'm so happy that she came on the pod. I'm so happy that I got to talk to her. She's one of my favorites. She's one of my favorites out of Denver, Colorado. And that's not just because she used to be a UNC bear out of Greeley people, it's because she's been crushing it. She also does her own comedy classes, so bookers, book her because she's funny. People take her classes because you will learn something every single time. Everyone, it is Comics and Bars Throwing Axes' distinct pleasure to present, very proud of this one, Miss Christy Buckley. Hey there. Hello. I've been seeing you everywhere. I'm glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you for doing this. Yes.
1: No problem. You know,
0: anytime you want to come down in Greeley and throw some axes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've seen you working out comedy for it. I saw you huh? at Stonies. You're all over the place. How's it feel to be working again? <laughs>
1: Oh my God. It feels so good. It feels, I feel finally just like this month that it's like, I'm finally through it, you know, it's like, woof. Yeah. and if you told me a year ago, it was going to be a year before, like, <laughs> I mean, people did say that, but I'm kind of glad I didn't know it would take, because I still had kind of hope in my back of my head that like, it would come back sooner, I guess. So, and I guess it did like last summer, late, you know, early fall, it was back a little bit, but this is like really back, I think.
0: So I'm, I'm super stoked. Yeah. It's crazy to see all the mics in Denver. Now you can do multiple mics again. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for kind of navigating the grind? Cause I, d- I did like two in a row and I was feeling all badass about it. Right. But I was exhausted after doing like two mics. So <laughs> yeah. how do you guys do it?
1: Yeah, I actually have a, I mean, I have also been seeing that my stamina is like not where it was because I'm just like, er because they started doing those early shows because closing time was so early. And I was like, I can get used to a 5 (laughs) p.m. show home by eight, but that's not going to happen for much longer. Um, And also, just open mics are a lot more draining, like because you're sitting there so long, you're watching bad comedy, you're only there. get up there for five minutes and then like sometimes they laugh and sometimes they don't and that is way more draining than like when I will come to do your show this week and like it's a showcase and I just get to do my good you know good stuff you know plug in some new stuff but they're there for comedy so it definitely is like this time that you're in in that open mic grind like this is the hardest time like it just only gets better but if you're having fun now, it'll, I mean, it'll just be that much more fun. But I always tell my students a way to navigate the grind. Hey, check out 5280 Comedy. I'm personally running it now for my students so that they know where to go for open mics. And if you have an open mic or a show and you have not submitted to 5280 Comedy, please do. But this is what I always did when I was like where you guys are at, especially now that there's like there's a mic almost every night of the week. I would pick one night a week that I would definitely always go out. So for me, back in the day, it was Sunday because Sunday had two or three mics sometimes, but it would always start at Kinga's. And then I would go through the week working the same jokes, like all my new stuff. I would work them all at the the, the same mics all through the week until I hit Sunday again. And then that's when I would debut a new stuff that I wrote every week and I would really make it a goal to have at least one new thing every Sunday if not more. And then hopefully by the end of the week when you're running stuff, stuff is starting to click and can be part of your regular set. If it's not clicking again unless you have a new idea to plug in to the joke, I would put it down for a couple of weeks and then come back to it on that open mic run just cuz sometimes you need a little bit of space. But it is really tough on that open mic stuff because you feel like you're spinning your wheels. You feel like you're not getting booked and you, you know, it is really tough. Like you just, you have to create your own progress because there's no benchmarks for a lot of stuff. And even without comedy works, which is going to be, it's still going to be a minute for comedy works to come back. And without new talent night, that's a whole other like litmus test. That's not there for you guys. So that's my two cents. Don't drink too much. I mean, unless hear me and then you do, but If you're going to be out at the mics every night and you're sitting there for three hours, man, don't drink too much because that'll get on your, that'll fuck up your mental health for sure.
0: Yeah. And I, I learned the hard way last night to definitely keep up with the list that's posted because uh I brought a chess set to the green room at Blush and Blue mm-hmm. and we got super distracted with that.
1: <laughs>
0: uh. you know Did how they call you up I and have. you
1: missed it or what happened?
0: Uh, yeah, they, they totally called me and I totally didn't hear them because I was downstairs in the middle of a game with Alex Vaughn and just oh, like, man. yeah. And Did had, they let you go back up? Yeah, I got to, I got to finish oh. out the show and it was just like, you know, same old, same old room, seven people listening, mm-hmm. everybody's drunk. This, yeah,
1: this yeah, time. yeah. Open mic. <laughs>
0: yeah, open mic. Great. Really. I've been having a blast, So I mean, just the fact I get to mm-hmm. hang out with cool people and talk to cool people all night. Yeah,
1: yeah, that is the good part and just exciting to be around people again and laugh. And I personally love seeing new comics struggle and also succeed, just seeing uh, the full gamut of emotions. Because I've been doing it so long, I feel a little, t- like, I just, if a joke goes bad or good, I don't really have a reaction all the time i just don't feel it i just i just like log it i'm like okay that worked or that didn't work and then i just move move on and try to fix the joke as much as i can and keep fixing the joke and it's very like clinical and unemotional now a lot of times so i've like seeing how excited you
0: guys are it is an exciting time in comedy i think right now it feels like a big giant reset button was pushed and you know you get to see stuff that people have you know been uh, working on for a year
1: (laughs) you know or the people that didn't work huh yeah. See that too.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you get to you got like a little bit of a purge there you yeah. know bit of a comedy purge which is interesting to say the least mm-hmm. it's fascinating
1: I mean I have so many jokes I can't even like in the backlog right now I can't even work them fast enough so because I was still teaching my classes for a large part of this so I'm writing with them the whole time and I mean on average I get about five new minutes a month from just just writing, writing. Okay. so and that's not like including all the jokes I throw away, that's just ones that get polished up into the actual act. So, which is nice, but it is, I just have a big backlog for sure.
0: Yeah, it is really night night and day when you get to write that much and get to perform that much as well, because I think really at one point had four mics a week and that was a lot for G-Town, right? Mm -hmm. So
1: That is a lot.
0: (laughs) And just to see the progression from like doing four mics a week to maybe doing six and more, even Mm -hmm. just that little two extra a week is is like night and day what I've seen. um, Yeah. I I just feel like my acts just growing and growing exponentially versus. Yeah.
1: I mean, that happens for me when I do a full weekend where you're doing like one show Thursday, two two Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday, and you go in there like longer sets. Like you from, I feel like you, I, yeah, it feels like a Mario game, like I leveled up. Like, Mm -hmm between thursday and sunday because there's just so much stage time and that's why those like touring headliners like they get so good and they get so good fast is because they just have so much stage time to play around with which i you know which sounds so awesome and it's hard to catch up when you don't have that much stage time but it gets it gets better that's what i always want to tell open micers it it gets better better. (laughs) they need their own it gets better campaign
0: i've been uh, hearing this kind of a little bit of a debate between quality stage time and quantity stage time and there's the argument that you know quantity gets you better because it's more quality stage time gets you better because it's quality where you at on that spectrum
1: when you are where you guys are at you should get on stage as much as possible no matter what like good stage time or bad stage time because even being able to like handle bad stage time or like a bad audience or anything like and not let it like get you down and keep confidence and keep a smile on your face and keep having fun regardless. That's a skill that you will carry into it. So, I mean, sometimes when you get later down the road, it is better to just like go home and write rather than hit another open mic, especially if like I'm getting a lot of stage time. It's like, you don't need more shitty stage time if you already have a good amount of good stage time, but where you're at like first two, three years, you should get up no matter what, as much as possible. Don't even worry about the quality of it
0: at all. So, you mentioned learning how to have fun no matter what. And also, uh, would you say settling into the bomb as well? I'm still kind of learning that.
1: (laughs) I didn't say that, but yeah, pretty much settling into the bomb. Like, I mean, yeah, if you got to like just be okay with it, just comfortable, you know, just like it's fine, like know that it's okay. And that also, like, even if you don't get out of it, it's like fine. This is not this is not important (laughs) comedy (laughs) is never important
0: so the bigger picture
1: essential so yeah just don't let a bad set like affect how you feel about yourself and how you are feeling about yourself on stage in the moment is the big thing but for you guys when you're brand new especially just still getting a lot of CTM, I mean you're like just trying to still control your like by like your physiological response to like being on stage in front of an audi- big audience or a mean audience or anything like that adrenaline goes up and it's harder to control all the other facets of your set so you just need to get on stage as much as possible just to like get that to go away as soon as possible that like adrenaline spike
0: what are some of your favorite venues around colorado
1: venues in colorado bumpport Theater is so good. The Bug is so good. Downtown Comedy Works is just the best thing that could ever happen to anyone. I don't even know. I'm like, which ones are open still? I mean, (laughs) like any real, I mean... I'm happy with any now, now that I did all those outdoor shows, I'm like, they're all good. What are we talking about? But yeah, I was excited. There was going to be a new, there was going to be a show at the new, it used to be three Kings. Now it's HQ that got rescheduled due to the blizzard, but hopefully that'll be, that should be good. Yeah. Anytime I'm performing for high Plains is like the best loonies is even is getting really fun down in the Springs that used to be like a rough place. And now it's like, I I mean, it's popping usually. So I have a really good time there. The Moxie and Greeley is awesome. When I started up there, I did, there was not shows there. So, and then the fort is like awesome now. I mean, I always loved Toadies, but like what David's doing at the fort is just incredible. So yeah, those are probably, I could go on, but those are my favorites.
0: So far. For sure.
1: Yeah. There's a time still to come back, right? So it's like, I don't even know. I probably haven't even performed at my favorite venue now I have no idea what it is anymore so
0: how was the crowd at the comedy for because I know it's really intimate in there like way more intimate than a lot of the places I've been in
1: yeah I did two well I've done three shows there now the first one was great I was running late though I thought the show was at eight and it was at seven and I left <laughs> and so I barely got in time to like basically run on stage so I was little like not focused on how the audience was responding but no it's like I mean, it is small. David's definitely doing it as safely as he possibly can do it up there. It's a great, they're great. I mean, it's always been so warm and welcoming. Like, I think that Hodie's, once it comes back, Hody's is like the best open mic in the state, probably for you guys that you like want to do that are hitting open mics a lot. When I was brand new and the Denver open mics would be like, so just, I felt like I was getting no good responses and I was kind of getting down on myself. I would drive all the way to Hody's on a Monday night just to like lift my spirits and like boost my confidence a little bit so yeah that one's always so good i know they're moving the colorado room show over to the fort which is great but i really liked the colorado room so i'm wondering if they'll do anything with that but somebody should i feel like it's a it was still a really fun venue so did i answer the question i don't remember oh, yeah
0: yeah, totally. I mean, I totally <laughs> felt what you're talking about with Hodie's. I mean, we all love it in Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's our favorite mic for sure. That's why I'm uh, doing everything we can not to scream at David right now to bring it back, you know, like, yeah, fake. yeah, nah, why? Uh, he we wants
1: count. to, I'm guaranteed he wants to just as much as you guys want him to, you know, he wants people packed in there every day of the week, if it's up to him. So it'll come back when it can come back.
0: You know, I've been hearing rumors end of March, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But what, what we were saying about the feeling that you got, with that mic, is we found a little gem in Wyoming at Dillinger's bar. Dominic Syracuse came back from LA and built this little scene out there and it's the exact same feeling from Hody's like super Is super it in supportive. Cheyenne or where? Yeah, just right off of the highway in Cheyenne. Like oh, literally. Perfect. Well, hit. tell him
1: to submit. I have a student up there in Cheyenne that's been driving to the fort all the time to watch comedy. She doesn't even know that there's a plate Dillinger's.
0: Yeah. We and what we, night of the week is it? It's Tuesday nights at seven.
1: Okay. So. Cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, not. Exactly. I mean, you got You can go either direction now. You can go up to Cheyenne on a Tuesday. You can go down to Denver for a couple, you know, on a yeah. Tuesday now. So, but uh, but That's the feeling true. of Hody's, of that support, and, like, you know, no matter if you, you feel this is why you do comedy is to make these, mm-hmm. you know, the response that you get there is very, very similar. I cool. Just, yeah. Very cool. Did everybody thank you for being on the podcast? I probably did. Cause probably. I'm just so excited to talk to you.
1: Seems <laughs> like something you would do.
0: Yeah. Just I just, well, I mean, just so much of the advice that you gave me, there's a few people that I've I kind of come to look up to as mentors in the scene. You know, obviously D-Rod is one of them. You're one mm-hmm. of them and I'll just leave it at that for now. Cause I'll just, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin the moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, but, uh, glad, I'm happy to help. Um, it's just, it's a balance, but when you're a new comic, when you want to run shows in your town, it's a new balance, it's a balance between, you know, wanting to get stage time, but also wanting to like have a quality show. And when you're so new and you don't know like who can actually headline, who has, you know, a good 20 like that's really hard to do so I think that's smart I usually tell my students don't produce a show I'd wait two or three years like you can do a mic but I wouldn't produce a showcase but for you it's like important because you don't have other rooms there in Greeley and you gotta you gotta build.
0: Comics and Bars Throwing Axes is brought to you in part by 477 Distilling. Everybody's favorite distillery is in the heart of wonderfully fragrant Greeley, Colorado, just around the corner from the Rio Grande, across the street from Lincoln Park. That's right, 477 Distillery. It's a new spring menu. Delicious, tasty. You can't have just one. Go check them out. 477 Distilling. And if you can't make up your mind just based on this one little tiny ad in my humble little podcast, then check out the menu, 477distilling.com.
1: So I I think it's really important that if you do want to start a show and you don't know who can do what that you do have some people to go to, because you don't want to ruin that venue for comedy for the rest of time, just because you thought you saw somebody do a hot five at a open mic, and then you booked them to headline, and then they could not headline. <laughs> so I applaud you for, you know, asking for help and advice, because it, it really like it might seem like it's just like helping you, but it really is like about the entire scene. You know, we don't want to lose a venue because somebody runs a bad show. That's why on 5280, I actually like put in a place where people could actually give feedback because if people are going to shows because they see it on 5280 and then they go and have a bad experience i'll just take it off you know like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna promote people to go to a show if it's like a bad thing you know so and also a lot of people like are just learning how to produce a show and they just don't know and if it's like something that somebody can improve on i'll just be like hey dude i gotta know like Maybe you don't know this, but don't be so mean to people if they're chatting up top or something. You know, you just don't know. It's all a learning process. So, so yeah. And also, if you are doing something good, I want people to come back to me and be like, hey, this was awesome. Thank you for posting it on 5280, and I can like pass that on to a show producer as well. So yeah, that's like a new feature that I added into
0: it. That feedback's important, definitely, just all the way around, just to help purge and also keep the good stuff going.
1: Well, yeah, it's important, and I just really try to look at it as we're all just trying to learn and be better. And that's the one thing that has like can set Denver apart from, I mean, pretty much any other scene is that we sort of like, I mean, personally, if somebody's traveling around the country from Denver, I want them to be able to do well and do well by Denver because I don't want to walk in to another state and them being like, Oh God, this person, you know, I don't want to book somebody from Denver. Last time I booked somebody from Denver, it was like trash. So I think it's really important and also important for like the fact that we are moving away from the coasts a little bit. I hope that we are the ones that are ready to, you know, show up and be good. So that's, that's my hope at least, or at least like the delusion I tell myself all the time so that I don't have to move to LA.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I love that bigger picture though the bigger picture of like we're not just representing our own brand of comedy we're representing Colorado comedy scene as a whole always usually
1: when I go around the country people are like man everybody's so good in Denver and I want to keep it that way you
0: know yes definitely Uh, there is a bit of a producer tip that I want to share on the pod just you mentioned about how like if somebody's got a hot vibe and they come in headline we've actually gone away from that a little bit at the moxie other than you know actual talented headliners that we know it can do you know a hot 30 or whatever um, But right. we actually if, if the moxie hasn't seen you headline before eli's gotten to the point where he's like uh let's let them do a five or ten let's yeah make sure they can do that before we give them the big yeah
1: well when you ask us and i, I i'm pretty i know that date me and david are both very honest with you so but you but people don't ask and then they just pop them up but yeah i think it's always good to test it out i mean do you know how long i i will have to have worked to headline at comedy works Right. Like it's going to probably be 15 years by the time sure. I, uh, if I ever headline comedy works, that is probably the soonest it will happen. So that's four years from now. <laughs> and I've already been there 10 years trying to work up to uh longer and longer sets and getting paid and all that. So like they protect their brand so much. And I think it's really important to do that. You can put newer people on and give them those shorter sets, but if it's that headliner spot, you got to It's gotta be good. The rotating tap guys are also really good about that. Like I know Steve is like super, like he won't even risk it at all as far as like who he would have headline. Like it's gonna be somebody who's good and there's no question. So yeah, I I just think that nobody's name like pulls an audience except maybe the Grolics. So it's just, you just have to build a reputation for people knowing the show is good, even though they don't know the name.
0: Right. You know, it
1: can't be hit or miss or else it's, just going to hurt your
0: attendance. The producer life, you know, you've you've lived that for a couple of years, right? Oh, we we're joking. Oh yeah. Like I mean,
1: I'll I'll come back to my show here. I think in April or May, back at New Image in Arvada, and I is hard. It is hard. It's very thankless, and it's yeah. It's just not like it's just stress. It's just stress, even the whole time between the time that the show ends. And then you start your next show. It's just awful the whole time.
0: <laughs> There's one really yeah. good silver lining in that producer life is that you do get to know a lot of the bigger names in comedy around yes. town. So, I mean, you were mentioning about how, you know, I do ask, is this person good for your brand of comedy at your particular venue? A lot. I mean, just, I just yeah. think it's a good business. And they're asking that question to other people. I've gotten to know a lot of the Comedy Works people, not personally, <laughs> but through like emails and phone calls and things like that. I mean, I've you know, met
1: so many people through LA and New York. When I was doing my weekly at Black Buzzard, you know, I made a lot of good relations. And that's why you do it, right? To get, you know, build the relationships and and also money. If you're not making money as a producer, don't do it. Run away. (laughs) It doesn't have to be a lot of money, but at least make sure that you are paying yourself because it's too much work and stress to not be worth it. And I'll go back. I just, I have a producer that I work with. So I pretty much do the booking and he does the marketing for it. And I obviously, a host, and I probably, he makes it so much better and easier and more fun and less stressful that I don't see myself ever producing a show unless they want to pay they're paying me a lot of money to produce it I will not produce a show again without without him <laughs> to sure. be there to do all all the stuff I hate doing basically because I was he was my producer at my weekly show at Oscar Blues when I was there and then they let him go and it was miserable every week until I stopped working there and I moved my show over to where he works now and it was so much better so number one my venue and producing advice is do you have a supportive and nice like venue suit they need to be super supportive and then also and are they excited about the comedy as much as you are so that's like that's huge if they're if they're treating you like they're doing you a favor by letting you do a show there fuck that if they're treating you like you better have results or like you're out it's like time to go then because like nothing like that was what my situation was where it's just started feeling desperate like I was desperately trying to get people in that room and it's a it's a terrible place to get a bed like it's a beautiful venue but like there's no parking and there's also and it's downtown and there's also it's covered you can't even see the venue like it's covered in construction so badly right now that like it doesn't even have any street traffic nothing so like you really have to have a venue that's gonna support you if you're in a tough situation like that you know and if they're not supportive and it's not fun then yeah get out oh, get out it's like it's like a, the it's a sequel to the original get out but it's just about producing comedy and, and dealing with venues.
0: it's still a horror film for sure Mm
1: -hmm. yeah for sure
0: i don't want to say you're Greeley native but you know g-town
1: yeah i i'm not a native i just went to school there so i mean i was a i was a Greeley human for four years so yeah i'm familiar with them I love me some Sushi One. Mm-hmm. I love me some, what do I used to eat? Oh, Roma, Tony Romas, Romas. And I love Pitchers all the time. I want to go hit up some Pitchers for 50 cent beers, but I can't drink like that anymore. <laughs> but when I was 22, man, I was all over that Pitchers beer.
0: Ooh. Oh man, it's been a while since you've been back. Because Pitchers is now, I think, uh, like a convenience store.
1: Because, oh my god yeah it is, it's, well it is a while i've been back i just haven't been there to do anything but comedy so i go to eighth street and that's it so that's probably better and healthier for the humans if
0: pictures isn't there So I've noticed a lot in Denver and you're kind of running the show part, but you also got a person doing the marketing part. And I've noticed that kind of combo a lot, not only at the Moxie, but with like Savage Entertainment Productions, you know, is that, did I miss something? Did I miss something? Has that always been the formula that I just never? No,
1: no. Usually it's comics doing all of it, but it's just like, if you're not good at that, like, which I am not, or I just don't enjoy it, like it's worth it to have somebody who's good at that stuff, I think, because I'm good at writing jokes and performing them. I'm not good at like, come to my show, please. I just feel like I'm constantly like, inviting everyone to my birthday, and they aren't coming. It's first grade all over again. And I can make the posters, and I can make the Facebook events. And I can, you know, I know how to run a Facebook ad, all of that stuff. But it's so time consuming. That you end up doing all that business stuff and not writing enough like new material and I just I don't like that so it's worth it for me to like pay somebody to help you know and mostly we do it just like because it's you know it's fun you know like we like working together and he really loves comedy and is a good event producer so it's fun for both of us and that's what he does already for the for the venue like that's his job so it's easy for him to like just move it over and do it for my event at the venue because he would probably be doing it anyways. Like, if I didn't know him, they'd be like, We'll get a poster made for our marketing guy.
0: This is a question I like to ask just because it's a fun answer every time. Why comedy? It's <laughs> torture, right? But why do we do it? Why do you do it? Uh,
1: I mean, for me, there, I mean, once I did it for the first time, I it was like there was no other way, <laughs> you know, like I literally the first night i've told this story i feel like many a time but the first night i went and saw an open mic was at shorty's Bar and girls not there anymore on on evans and or in evans and i watched a friend and the whole time i just immediately like started being like oh man what would i talk about and like writing i couldn't even listen to the show anymore and i i went two pictures with my friend after that and they were sitting there talking about his set and how he did good and i it literally felt like yelling in my ear, like, you have to do this. This is the thing you're supposed to do. And it was like screaming, like, I I literally could not hear the rest of the conversations. So, I mean, for me, it's that even when I tried to do other things, like the universe just pushed me this way. There was no choice. I tried to get a regular corporate job. I, you know, I got kept getting laid off. I tried to become a teacher. There were no teaching jobs. I tried to, I just tried to find the secure job because comedy didn't seem possible or seem like a safe, secure choice. And I grew up poor. I didn't want that. You know, I was scared to be struggling for money the way that my, my dad did. And, so I was really like to me it was scary to like do this thing but like man the universe did, did not want me to do anything else and I kept whenever things got real bad comedy keeps showing up and even during covid when it was bad like the pe- the community I had and the people keeping me up like that was that was still comedy you know that was still my connections and community within comedy so i think phil palace always says this but like comedy will give you everything you put into it it'll give it back to you tenfold it'll take everything else away but it'll give you it'll give you everything you put into it and that has really been my experience like it's a relationship that i have with this art form for sure that is my my trust is fully in it which is scary especially now after the pandemic because it really felt like, bye. Like, I really thought like, people can leave you, people can disappoint you, you can lose jobs, like comedy will never leave you. And then it did feel like it did for a minute. And I was like, but no, it, it really didn't. It really didn't. So many things took care of me during this time. And they all can almost, other than my family, they can be traced back to comedy. So I'm very lucky. And that's why, because it won't let me go. <laughs> I won't let me. I have to. i that's the best I have to. There's no other way. I think that and then now teaching, like I truly feel like when I'm teaching stand up that is like that is the place i'm um supposed to be. I love. I love stand up so much. so if I can share that with other people and share how it changed my life and has made my life amazing, I you know I love bringing that to new people all the time. so yeah
0: that's why it's a good answer I mean <laughs> yeah that's probably the best answer I've gotten in a while because <laughs> there's a lot of people like I just like to make people laugh <laughs> like, yeah no Whoa. I don't
1: give a shit about that but
0: yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> if it, I, I'm, I can't control that as much as I'd like to think I can so I try not to focus as much on the laugh it does come I hope you'll <laughs> see you booked me but but if I don't get the laugh I'm still like, it's okay. I wasn't supposed to get the laugh today, I guess. I mean, that hasn't happened in a long time. I get one good one a year, usually, where it's like, (laughs) whoo, that was bad. That was real bad. And I don't count (laughs) open mics. Open mics are terrible. Like, people will not get laughs all the time there. When you're going to open mic and the audience is so bad, I mean, at that point, it's just for you to practice the words coming out of your mouth and, you know, saying it smoother and, you know, helping you memorize the joke. And that's still important too but i usually still get one good bomb a year at a show where i'm being paid usually it's one where i'm being paid a lot because those are the ones i put extra pressure on myself and then it like messes with my fun (laughs) that i have on stage for sure
0: comics and so on axis is brought to you in part by the greeley hatchet house they have a walk up wednesday special people twenty dollars gets you a lane $2 special on beers. It's not like you got to drive to Fort Collins and jump on trampolines. You don't got to drive to Denver. All you got to do is go downtown. Greeleyhatchethouse.com. Greeleyhatchethouse.com. Throw some hatchets at the wall. This jingle is not official. Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of pressure for everybody involved because it's like the first show at the venue ever. Yeah. You ever have those venues that like book you and they say it'll be a monthly show? and then they forget mm-hmm. to book you the next month, that's how much confidence they had in the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Yeah, nah. uh,
1: I mean, yeah. I will do as a good job, I promise. No, I have so, no so doubts.
0: in your, I mean, I've, I have no... The, pe- the people that I booked a headline, I especially like a show of this importance would... I, I would have no capabilities abilities, you know. I mean, everybody. Does no, yeah. Well, show. people
1: also just like you have to be really on top of it. Sometimes the uh, the venue is not necessarily good at event scheduling. That's not their thing. So yeah, 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 yeah. 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 it's
0: tough. No, it's fine. It's just it's just you know there's so you don't have there. another
1: one. So we're doing it, and then you don't have another one until
0: like May first. Kind of we're like no April for you.
1: <laughs> like... April fools, you don't so have. Yeah, you know.
0: To well, win. and and they were like, well, we're open. Let's see how the first one that was. uh and again, this, I totally get it from a business standpoint, but it's just so hard to hear as a producer where it's like, well, we'll see how the first one goes. And then, you know. Yeah. But I get it. I'm not a nationally known producer. People don't come to me from New York to be like, hey, I need no. a Rudy or see Garcia comedy show. I get that. I'm humbled by it. mean, mm-hmm. it's just more, you know, motivation to really knock it out of the park. So.
1: Yep, absolutely. Well, I'll come. I'll bring my A game, I promise.
0: I'm excited. I'm just excited to have fun with you guys, you know, like, I haven't seen you in, mm-hmm. in forever. It's going to be a wine bar. So everybody's going to be nice and sauced.
1: Yep. <laughs> I know. I can't even. I can bear I'll have one glass. I can't drink wine. The best drunk, but I get a headache almost like immediately. It just feels like a throbbing in my brain. Ooh. Too much sugar in that wine. I can't do Yum. it.
0: Really yummy grapes. Red mm-hmm. wine makes me super weepy. <laughs>
1: yeah, makes sense. <laughs> just makes ugly sense. cry at
0: kittens, you know?
1: That's the, That's the international drink of stepmoms so they get it they're
0: with you yeah it's Fort Collins and it's it's got a really nice little uh comedy cellar vibe awesome I've been there maybe a couple times but it's it's nice I would have
1: guessed I would have thought of it eventually been like oh yeah this is a wine bar I should brush my hair
0: so looks somewhat classy
1: come see me come see me do comedy as people yeah (laughs) did I do it this is why I have a promoter that does this for me I can't I'm like you probably have better things to do you don't <laughs> nobody does but yeah but yes was, please check it out
0: no yeah I was super yes. excited for the snowstorm last weekend so many comedy shows were canceled last weekend instead of yeah. those who were hungry for comedy come to a lot now they
1: us. really are yeah I hope that's the case too as well so it'll be
0: awesome come laugh mm-hmm. Euclid's a crusher
1: I will and I have a lot of new jokes I need to show you
0: guys so Ooh, I'm excited um
1: yeah come hang out do that
0: yes when i first met you and we were talking comedy one of the first things you mentioned were some podcasts that really helped new comics and one of them you mentioned was talking shop anthony crawford i listened to it Mm -hmm. great advice i was talking to brent tobler and he mentioned he had a podcast called stand-up explained Mm -hmm. that he like co-hosted are there any others that you would recommend for newer comics
1: yeah to like learn stuff I always just love WTF. I mean, you have to pay to get like the real like backlog of all the comedians because now he's kind of off of, but I think that stuff is definitely worth it. You Made It Weird can be really good. Oh, I also would check out Steve Gillespie's writer's block podcast that's out right now. That one's specifically about writing jokes. I haven't listened to it yet, but I do think that it's probably a good tool. He's a good joke writer and I'm not gonna be able to remember the one, but it's where he they take a joke that's not working and they try to figure out how to make it work. And I'll tell you later. But okay. this is a terrible podcast moment. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, anything, any reading you can do at all. It doesn't even have to be stand up. Any reading or listening or writing is all going to help you. All of it. So I would just be consuming or creating content, which I feel like we are. So, <laughs> but that'll help you. And also take my class. Fuck a podcast. My class is way better than that. That's
0: right. Plug that. Plug it away. Um, it's at Plug Rice
1: that. Comedy. You can check it out. It's a six week class three hours a week yeah and it's in person now although I will let you zoom in if you're still not comfortable with coming out and I'll probably continue that on just because people have you know that's what they want but I really just I'll break down you know trying to get over that fear piece of comedy and how I approach it and I break down joke structure and storytelling structure which is kind of a little different and then I I'll let you know all about the business of comedy in denver you know what to expect when you're trying to get booked and go to open mics and things like that tons of writing exercises and i actually give everybody like like not even during class but if you send me your jokes in a google doc after i give everyone personal feedback to their material like just free of charge so i don't even get paid for that time but i look at it as it makes me a better joke writer so i don't mind you know looking at other people's jokes and giving them notes so and then we have a showcase at the end so you can finally get on stage and get your family out there and all that and a lot of people it's just like a bucket list item and I'm happy to have anybody who's like just likes comedy just wants to like do something new and fun to like somebody who wants to do this as their career I accept all forms you will get something out of this class
0: do you have any success stories from your class that you'd be willing to share? Your personal favorite, like, okay, I, I taught this person comedy and I gave them the wings. They flew. Kind sure. Of.
1: Well, the number one class that I really loved was I did a one-on-one class for just all, all women and they all just crushed it it was so good. And I'm always just so surprised. Like they all make me look so good. I, you know, people think it's me and I, and I hope it is, but I think, um, a lot of these people just work really hard to like do really well at it. But my number one thing is like, I've just had some really funny women that have come out of my class that are, it's harder. I think they would have bigger successes had COVID not ruined it. Cause I only, I taught less than a year before COVID hit. And then classes has been sporadic and stage time, especially for those brand new people, was like impossible. Right. So I do have a group of women who we still get together from my classes and we write, sit and write and just like laugh so hard and they are so funny. And I'm like so excited for them to be able to get out there and like really get going and get funny. So those are my success stories. Just women coming into comedy and feeling welcome is like that's a success for me because that was not necessarily the case when when I started. And there was only like, there was only like 10 women total doing stand up in Denver. Now I have classes of 12 women just for my class. So I'm like, it's such a, that is a win for me. Anytime I can get any women or underrepresented voices to like, give it a go and like get out there. Another one is Bobcat Rubofsky. She started producing shows at the Denver Central Market after that and the Edgewater Central Market. And she just through the pandemic put on some great shows and provided some awesome stage time for a lot of people. So I'm really proud of her as well.
0: I keep seeing her pop up on on social networks. Like you should probably be friends with this person. I'm like, I've never met this person, never yeah. seen stand up, so it must be producer talk at that point. Yeah,
1: she. I mean, she's a comic, but she's still pretty new. She's. I mean, right now, most of her work goes into producing,
0: and she's really good at it. So, comedies blossoming in Denver.
1: It's so exciting.
0: You also kind of represent Greeley.
1: I do represent the Northern. I used to be a, what they would call a Northern Colorado comedian for sure. Right. Probably the first year and a half, two years of my career was up there. So you can, Hodes, now the fort was the first place I ever got paid to do comedy. So it's good.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm so happy that we got to talk to you today. Super appreciative of all the information you shared. I know people usually pay you money for this info, so thank you so much. Well, I like to give a little
1: taste. So if you take my class, you'll just get more info, like a lot
0: more. I want, to, I want to ask you this, but I don't want it to seem super inappropriate. So I'm going to preface it with this. Lisa Lane, <laughs> you know Lisa Lane film. So every time I blush in blue, I am just amazed because the woman is like an encyclopedia of dick jokes. Mm-hmm. Just I swear, she's got like 500 in her brain stored. So as joke structure goes, and I've noticed that women tend to be way better at this type than men. What is the angle that men are missing on the dick joke that women seem to just have?
1: Men have an ego, so they can't... About- their dicks that's gonna always i mean women have nothing to lose by making fun of dicks men do so <laughs> okay. it's not lisa is also one of my students so
0: oh that's uh... awesome
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she has great energy on stage, but yeah, no women have nothing to lose by making fun of dicks. Whereas men, it's like definitely more of a humbling experience or a telling vulnerable one. So it's, I think it's just easier for women to, to be, you know, Make fun of penises.
0: So let go of your There's, ego. If you want to write a better dick jokes,
1: everybody has to let go of their ego a little bit. You have to have ego to perform, but you do not have to have ego. You should put your ego away when you write because you really have to be vulnerable. And I think the best comics are the ones when they walk off stage, you feel like you know who they are. And I feel like I do that. That's all I do. So, I mean, sometimes it gets me in trouble because people talk to me like they know me and I'm, I'm like, but, uh, you know, and they do know me because it's on stage. But I don't know that. I haven't talked to them. I don't know that, you know, so it gets, makes it weird. But yeah, making fun of dicks isn't vulnerable for women. So but if you're making like my joke, my only real dick joke is me making fun of me trying to get a dude off. And that's more of a, like, that's making fun of me. I don't really think I'm
0: making fun of his
1: dick. So, yeah. Does that help? Does that make sense?
0: It does, yeah. That, I never would have thought that ego had a huge part to play in that. Actually, it makes it more hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> women are better yeah. at it because there's no ego. That makes perfect sense. Yeah.
1: yeah, if we were making fun of, like, something else that women are usually insecure about, that's different. But, but yeah, we don't have dicks. So, it's pretty yeah. easy to make fun of them. And they're silly as fuck, So, it's like, of course.
0: They're real weird looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the point that you made about authenticity too. Like I've noticed that's that's something that I that I try to do a lot. Not just because of the point that you made, people get to know you better and, and it just makes for a much better performance, but also from the fact that it's way harder to steal a joke from somebody if they're coming yep. through an That's
1: what I always tell my students. I just have them focus, like, have you right from your life? Because, and I always try to ask myself the question of, can someone else tell this joke on stage? And if they can, they probably have. So yeah, you're absolutely correct. That's a big litmus test for my joke could someone else tell this joke? And I want that number to be as small as possible.
0: That's all I have. I'm, I'm so excited yeah. to see you in person too. So, you know, we'll yeah. definitely raise a glass to all your success in Denver. Thank you John. so much. I appreciate mm-hmm. you so much. I'm more excited about your performance than just saying hi. So <laughs> it's good to see you. Well, creating. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Come to the show, everybody. Thank you. Yes.
0: they a wine bar. Come see Christy. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Hey, we made it. Made it through another fine episode of comics and bars throwing Axis. I want to thank Miss Christy Buckley for taking some time out of her extremely busy schedule to come on the podcast and just chat. It was so much fun. I learned so much. I hope you guys did too. Check her out in the Denver comedy scene. Bookers book her. She's hilarious. You won't be disappointed. And tonight she's going to be headlining the Lorano Wine Bar, in Fort Collins, Colorado. You're gonna find us cracking up the Fort Collins community. Come check it out. Moxie Theater Comedy Showcase on Saturday. It's the ladies' night. We got Helen Riker that, featuring Genevieve Murdick. Come out to Comedy Weekend, everybody. Let's laugh together. Forget about that crazy snowstorm, and let's share some chuckles, eh? Thanks for listening, everybody. Help us get to 500 subscribers. I appreciate you. Take care. Keep warm in this crazy snow. Peace.
1: But now he's not so all alone.